Hello friends, welcome to Village of Christ and Us for Jesus and Just Plain Nuts. We're in Proverbs chapter 2 today. Just got done with Revelation yesterday. So, Proverbs chapter 2, the moral benefits of wisdom. We'll tear it up where we can. We get the whole chapter done, we will. A lot of good stuff in Proverbs. So, anyone more self-explanatory, I'll leave it alone. Mm. Amen. My son, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Wow. (laughs) That's one through five. Holy mackerel, that's good, isn't it? Let's break that down. My son, I like to get, I like the way he makes it personal. My son, he's talking to you as if you're in a relationship. You're his kid. Isn't that cool? If you accept my words, again, that's the word of God, and store up my commands within your heart. Again, the commands of God. This is all about God's word here. Turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. You have to turn your ear and apply your heart. This is a choice all of us make. Whether we turn towards wisdom, whether we apply our heart and our ears to it. Amen. Uh, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, there has to be desire. You see that? If you cry aloud, Lord, I need understanding, Lord. And um, uh, I'm calling out for insight. Man, there's got to be hunger in your heart for these things. And if you look for it as silver and search for it as hidden treasure, everybody likes finding. You ever found money on the ground? Everybody loves finding money on the ground. <laughs> if you look for it as silver and Search for its hidden treasure. You know the old treasure map movies, you know, they all had a treasure map trying to find hidden treasure, buried treasure. I mean, it's supposed to be, everybody likes an inheritance. Everybody likes finding the cash. It's supposed to be like that in our heart. We're supposed to desire wisdom like we desire money. It's pretty amazing. And then, and again, and, and if you have all that desire in there, if you're, if you're just driven towards wisdom, then what, what's the promise? Then you will understand the fear of, of the fear of the Lord. Again, that's the beginning of wisdom. And find the knowledge of God. If you've got a heart bent towards wisdom, you're going to find the knowledge of God and you're going to understand the fear of the Lord. Man, wisdom is the supreme thing, man. Get wisdom. Amen. Um, Let's continue on verse six. For the Lord gives wisdom and from his mouth comes knowledge, understanding. He's the only one that gives wisdom. That's why the world outside of Christ has no wisdom. They have a worldly wisdom. It kind of looks like a wisdom. Even Jesus talked about the people in the world are wiser in their own way than the people of the light. Uh, I can't remember the story. Um, But there's a worldly wisdom that has an appearance of a good thing. But the only true wisdom comes from God. The Lord gives wisdom, and from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So you get wisdom, knowledge, and understanding from God. Amen. He holds victory in store for upright. What are the upright? They have victory. Man, victorious. No matter what it looks like, in God's sight, you're victorious. Isn't that awesome? You're upright. You want to do the right thing. He is a shield for those who walk, whose walk is blameless. He's our shield. His walk is, our walk with him is blameless. Amen. Uh, for he guards a shield for those whose walk is, you know what blameless, we've talked about this, a blameless is keeping your heart right. If you fall down, you get back up, you repent. It's not sinless perfection. It's an awareness of your sin, an awareness of your mistakes, and just keeping your heart right. You know, you do a moral inventory with God every day. If you see something getting in between you and God, you immediately deal with it. Job wasn't perfect. Job was rebuked by God at the end of the book because he got into some misunderstanding about his trial. I mean, he was still considered blameless, though, because he, because he, God told the, the four guys, hey, this my, my servant's blameless. And so even though Job make, made a mistake, it didn't affect his blameless heart. See that? 
Man, it's the condition. Is your heart bent? Is, are you bent towards wisdom? Is your heart bent towards God? If it is, you'll be blameless. Amen. For he guards the course of the just and he protects the way of his faithful. Isn't that beautiful? He guards the way of the just. He protects his the way of his faithful ones. See the, the blessings here? Let's see. He holds seven and eight. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for he guards the course of the just, and he protects the way of his faithful ones. The faithful ones, the just, the blameless ones, and the upright ones. Wow. Man. I'm getting happy reading this. Man, This doesn't this make you want more? Want your life to matter more? You know, when you're you're pursuing God harder, you're just desiring Him more. You want, again, just keeping a repentant heart before the Lord. Just walking with Him every day keeps you in this way. It's beautiful. It's not complicated. He didn't want to complicate it. We're all little children to Him. He said, change and become like little children. What do little children do with their, their parents? They just hang out with them. They just want to be with them, love them. And it's the attitude of their hearts that the parents love. It's the attitude of our hearts towards God that He's looking at. Is our heart right with Him? Even if we make mistakes and sin, is our heart still right with Him? Amen. He doesn't count our flesh against our heart. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool, man? That's what repentance, that's why he gives us the the gift of ongoing repentance. Because our flesh is always trying to get in the way of our heart. Read Romans 7. If you do what I do, what I do not want to do, it's no longer I doing it, but the sin lives in me. Sin's living in all of us. Sin Sin is keeping us all weak. But our heart... Is stronger than sin. If we'll just, if we'll get at this in the right order, man, guard your heart and walk with the Lord through your heart, then He'll He'll help you deal with the sin every day. It'll be effortless. Amen. Let's continue on. Verse nine. Then you will understand what is right. See, if you're faithful, just, blameless, and upright, then verse nine, you will understand what is right and just and fair. Every good path, you'll understand every good path. Isn't that cool? For wow. The promises here are amazing. Gosh. Watch this, verse 10. Watch verse 10. For wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul. And don't you want wisdom in your heart? And don't you want knowledge to be pleasant to your soul? Man, I do. I know you all listen and do too. Amen. Or you wouldn't be listening to this stuff. Discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you. Man, God's ways, he covers all the aspects, all the bases. He's covering you from all sides so the devil can't get at you or can't ruin you. Because the devil's going to try and come in. Any way he can find a little entrance into you, he's going to come. And God's got it all covered. He covers you in wisdom. So good. Verse 12. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave, who leave straight paths and to walk in dark ways. Man, are those people leading our country right now? Are these people leading the world right now? These, these are wicked men. Now listen, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men. The ways of wicked men, it's all in front of us every day. The whole world is being led by wicked men. These men whose words, their words are perverse. They know that they lie and they still do it. Again, they leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways. Man, are these cats in front of us? Leading us walking in dark ways. And I'm not saying this as a condemnation thing. We pray for our leaders. We pray for our leaders. I prayed for Barack Obama for eight years. To, that God would get his heart right. We pray for our leaders. That God would. Because we see them in these dark ways. And on these, and these perverse paths. And we want God to get a hold of them. 
who, who delight in wrongdoing and rejoice in the perverse. They rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Let's read that. It's verse 12 through 15. It's, it's all said. Wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight path to walk in dark ways, who leave, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. Man, what a terrible thing. I just got done writing a poem today, Jesus Web 27, called Endgame, and it's all about these kind of men. It's just grievous. And then verse 16 changes gears. Watch this. It... Wisdom, God's wisdom will save you from the adulteress, from the wayward wife with, wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignore the covenant she made before God. Now, this is amazing. And this is one of those ones that blows my mind. Her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Man. The, the, this is the adulteress, the adulterous woman. Again, let's read 16, 17 again. It will save you from the adulteress, from the adulteress, from the wayward wife and her seductive words who has left the partner of her youth. Ignore the covenant she made before God. So she has seductive words. She's trying to lead men into adultery with her. Okay. And she has violated the covenant of her youth that she made, the covenant she made, uh, the partner of youth, and she's violated the covenant before God. But watch 18 and 19. This, this is how powerful sexual morality really is. And I'm going to explain this. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain to the paths of life. These two verses, it, it, it's, it presents the house of the adulteress as if it's a graveyard. And all of the, adul- all of the men that she's committed adultery are in this house of the dead. Why is that? Why did Paul say that sexual morality was a special sin? He said, all other sins are outside the body. This is against your body. And he said, you should run away. You should flee. Run as fast as you can away from sexual morality. Why? Because of the addictive nature of sexuality. What I mean is this. Why are there so many people addicted to pornography? Why are there so many pastors addicted to pornography? And I'm not putting anybody down. I'm not beating up anybody. I'm not, I'm not pointing fingers. And this is a common problem in this hour. Pornography is one of the worst things that's ever come upon the world. The addiction to sex. They've, they've done biochemical studies of the brain. It's the same addiction that cocaine or heroin has. The chemicals released when you watch pornography but just lock your brain in. You just become a total addict. Where that release, that, that, that chemical, that chemical um, uh, uh, thing that hits your brain is so addictive that most people, that's, that's the problem. It's not that there's no repentance for sexual morality. The problem with sexual morality is once you're on that path, most, of the, most people that get on that path never leave that path. They become addicted to their sexuality. They become addicted to the adulteress. They become addicted today to pornography, masturbation. All of the garbage, all of the stuff that's come out, the LGBTQ and all of this has come out of this. Walking in these perverse sexual paths that violate what the scripture says. The scripture said woman was taken out of man. God took the rib out of the man, made the woman, and the man-woman relationship is the proper thing. One man, one woman. That's the proper God's preordained way. It's the first covenant. Marriage is the first covenant in the Bible, and that's the way. And Satan from the beginning started attacking that. Because you destroy that relationship, the male-female relationship, and you see the darkness the world's in today. 
50 some 50 to 100 genders now depending on what list you read it, it, it the insanity of it what did it all start from it started from sexual immorality in 1953, Hugh Hefner with, with Playboy magazine. Here's a statistic that blows my mind. 1970, 1953 to 1973, Hugh Hefner started his magazine in 1953. It took 20 short years to get to the point of abortion in 1973. Only 20 years from the beginning of pornography till abortion on demand. Only 20 years it took to get from there to there. How dark is that? This sexual morality, that's why in the Revelation, one of the sins listed specifically is the sexual immoral will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. The liars, the adulterers, the sexually immoral, the idolaters, the murderers, sexual morality is in there for a reason. And you should avoid sex. We all should avoid sexual immorality at all costs. It's so destructive. So let's read 1819 again. I've diatribed enough on this. I think I've made the point. But all of this, dark, much of the darkness we see coming upon the world today has its basis in sexual morality. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return are attained to the paths of life. Verse 20, thus she will walk in this. And that's just a little set there with, with uh, let's read, let's read 16 through 16. Uh, through um, 16 through 19 get the whole set and then we've, we're closing only three more verses and we'll be closed it will save you from the adulteress from the wayward wife with her seductive words who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God for her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead none who go to her none who go to her return or attain to the paths of life okay so all that darkness but what do the final three verses say watch this this is verse 20 through 22. But we have a choice in this. We don't have to go down that path if we don't want to. We can overcome this. Here it is. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will return in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful will be torn from it. The point is we all have a choice. We can be wicked or righteous. We can be faithful or unfaithful. We can be chaste or we can be sexually immoral. It's all our decision. And this, I mean, I mean, the first, let's see here. Um, just look in the verses. Um, um, uh, verse 1 through 11 gives you all the benefits. Okay, 1 through 11 gives you all the benefits of wisdom. How we All that stuff we talked about. Then... Verse 12 through 15 talks about wicked men and their ways. And then 16 through 19 talks about the adulteress and her ways. And then verse 20 through 22 is the choice. And here it is again. I'll read 20 through 22. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. That's right. If you walk in the ways of good men, keep to the paths of the righteous. For the up- And then guess what? The upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain on it. Let's read those backwards. For the upright... This is good. You're going to like this. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless will remain in it. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of righteousness. Or paths of righteous. So as we walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of righteous, we live in the land. And, and, and we remain blameless in the land. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful torn from it. Ultimately going to hell. It's all choice. Take you know, choose you this day. Whether we're gonna whether we're gonna heed one through eleven in here, or we're gonna heed twelve through nineteen, and then twenty and twenty one, the good path, and then twenty two, the final. But the wicked will be torn from the land. We don't want to be torn from the land. We don't want to be cut off from it. 
We don't want to be cut off from the land of living. We want to walk in the ways of righteous men, of good men, and be blameless and upright in the land. It's all our choice. Again, this isn't sinless perfection. This is guarding your heart every day, keeping a blameless heart before God every day. When you mess up, fess up. When you sin, repent. When you fall short, when, you, when you're living out Romans 7 and you're doing what you do not want to do, uh, then, then go to God. God, I was doing what I did not want to do. It. I didn't obey you today. I didn't love you through obedience today. I apologize and I repent, God. Have mercy on my soul. Forgive me. That's all God's looking for. He knows we're going to mess up. In fact, before you were born, he'd know, he knew everything, every time you'd mess up. Till the day of your death, he knows every time you're going to mess up. So you can make a choice now to make a quality choice for God. I'm going to keep, I'm going to walk in an upright path. And when I fall off that path, God, I'm immediately going to get back on it and repent and cry out to you for mercy. See, you don't have to be like those who her for her house leads to death and her past the spirit of death. None who go to her return are tainted to the paths of life. We don't have to be those guys. We don't have to be those paths going down to the house of the dead through immorality. We can keep our hearts right every day. We can, again, when we mess up us and we fall short, get it right with God. Walk, God, walk with God. You know, what is... Um, uh, what is I can't remember. It's in Micah. You know, the things that God desires, that we walk uprightly with our God. You know, in a humble way. Walk humbly with God every day. Just walk with Him every day. He told me one time, you know, I was obsessed. And I'll just, you know, I won't tell you the whole story. But he told me I was obsessed with the will of God. And I kept after Him. What's your will? What's your will? What's your will? And he finally said, you know what my will is? He said, you know how this thing works? He says, um... <laughs> Oh, let me give you the funny part. I, I was obsessed with the will of God. And God finally said to me, he said, you know what you remind me of, Josh? I said, what? He said, you're this chihuahua chewing on my leg. What's your will? What's your will? Because every day I was chewing on God's leg with, the, with his will because I was an OCD about the will of God. I never wanted to be outside the will of God. And he finally told me, he said, you know what? He says, all you have to do is walk with me every day and my will presents itself. It becomes self-evident what my will is for you as you walk with me. So that's the key to all of this. If we want to walk in right, if we walk in righteousness before the Lord, if we walk with Him every day in close fellowship, the the good in this the good in this chapter will overtake us, and we'll avoid the bad, we'll avoid the darkness, the immorality, as we walk with God. God just wants you to take His hand every day in the cool of the day, like Adam in the garden before Eve. Just I'm not putting Eve down. This was just, but this is how it's written. He walked before he brought Eve. He, God and Adam just walked in the cool of the, the day together. God wants to walk with you in the cool of the day. He wants to take your hand. You take his hand and walk with him like a child. That's all children want. That's all parents and children, parents of little children especially, they just want to be together. That's all God wants. He wants our fellowship. He wants our love. He wants, our, he wants us to honor him, to be with him, to love on him and be loved by him. It's so simple. Just, just watch parents and little kids and emulate that. The parent is God, the little kid is you. Emulate that. When you see it all going right and everything's, and there's so much joy and so much fun. And so, that's, that's how it is. We have to change and become like little children. There it is. That's how you walk with God as a child every day. So simple. Love you, love you, can't get enough of you. We'll be back on Monday or Tuesday because tomorrow I go home. And I don't do these at home because I don't have time. But uh, I think we're in John next. Yep, John, Isaiah, and then Revelation 14. Anyway, love you, love you. Have a wonderful weekend. By the way, as I'm remembering now, please share these. You know, again, I'm not putting a gun to your head, share it or else. But, you know, if you enjoy these, share it with other people. 
Let other people have these. They're all for free. We're just giving it away. We want to bless as many people as possible. Not so I can have more subscribers. I don't care about subscribers. I don't care about monetizing my site. I don't care about any of that crap. All I care about is getting this out and blessing more people. That's all that matters. If you can bless one more people, what a gift. You know, the gift that we have that God gave us to affect the eternal. Because every the only thing eternal on the earth is you and me and all the people around us. So we get to affect people's eternity through, through the way we reach out to them. That's all this is about, is, is, is getting people to see the right side of the eternal and to be blessed. So again, share. If you're, if you're enjoying these, share them with your friends. <laughs> Amen. If you want to Joe, if you want to drive Joe Biden crazy, share it with him. <laughs> He's gonna come knocking at my door someday and lock me up. Anyway, <laughs> I'm not picking on Joe. Pray for Joe. Pray for Joe and pray for all of those in Washington. They are so dark, in so much darkness, and I pity them. The, today's poem, Jesus Wept 27, was all about the leadership in the world. Get a chance to read it if you get my poems. Jesus Wept 27, End Game. The Holy Spirit was just tore it up. He was on game. He was on point today. Whew, heavy stuff. Love you, love you. Can't get enough of you. Appreciate you.